are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Find Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you today? I'm swell. How are you? I'm doing well also. Good. Ready to jump right back into our dynasty buys and sells. That has been our topic uh, our past two shows, and we'll do that this week as well, both today and tomorrow. We are starting in the AFC East, and Matt, I don't know. Maybe we should have saved this one for last. <laughs> we, we finally... We, we had a good year, and we and the Buffalo Bills are certainly in good shape when it comes to giving us some, some dynasty assets to be excited about. But these other three teams, I, I know the certainly the Dolphins are on their way to turning things around. Whew, there's just not much from a dynasty perspective, almost in this entire division, to be excited about, of course, outside of Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Um, it's, it's pretty ugly. Yeah, I mean, I think Miami is a team going the right direction, and they're going to spend a lot of money. I would imagine the Patriots will spend a lot of money, but does that matter for us? I mean, they run the ball so much last year, and it's such quarterback problems. And the Jets are a disaster, but maybe they're trending the right direction. But boy, it's a long-term deal with them. I mean, Zach, I think Zach Wilson will be the pick, but boy, I mean, is that going to pay off for you soon? And I'm not even sure who the Jets are going to be. I, I had a hard time, you know, like, I can't grab anyone off the Jets roster for this exercise because I'm not even sure who's going to be on the roster. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Oh, well, I mentioned Stefan Diggs. Let's go right back to him because he is the player that I want to suggest hmm. dynasty managers should be going out and buying. And you hear a lot of buy low talk. This is certainly not a case of buying low. In fact, Diggs' current value is is basically as high as it's ever been in his career, even though he's he's 27 years old. Normally we see those players, once they hit 27, 28 years old, they start losing value. Diggs is going the other way around after his first season in Buffalo with Josh Allen. And looking at our data at DLF, he's he's wide receiver seven. So as I said, it's, it's not a buy low situation. But I think he provides a discount, especially when you look at some of the receivers ahead of him and, and you think about the next two to three years, would it be a, a surprise at all if Diggs matched or, or even outproduced Tyreek Hill, who's also 27, or Devontae Adams, who's 28 years old? Adams is the wide receiver one. Tyreek Hill is the wide receiver three, according to our ADP data. And it, those two almost make Diggs look like a value down at wide receiver seven. Yeah, not to put words in your mouth, but I mean, do any of us have to squint real hard to say Stefan Diggs is the wide receiver one next year? You know, I mean, and be the, the the top dynasty asset, but maybe even more so the top redraft asset, the the first receiver and receiver scoring next year. I mean, he attacks at all levels. They get him the ball often. He has massive amounts of targets and target shares. And his quarterback is very, very good. And more importantly, maybe is his offensive coordinator is great. Yeah, yeah, all good points. And of course, Adams, Tyreek, and uh, and Diggs are all in great situations with 
some of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, among the three of them. So it's it's not a knock on Adams or Hill at all. Those are players, obviously, I would want to have on my team. Sure. But if you tell me I can move down from either of those two to Stefan Diggs and I can get something else, you know, even if it's a if it's a high second round rookie pick or uh, maybe a, a prospect that I like, I think that's worth it because, I, like I said, I think there's a decent chance that Diggs is is matching those two in production. So uh, I don't know if it, it's it's not going to be easy to buy Diggs, but specifically if I've got those two players on my roster, Adams or or Tyreek, I'm going to try to pivot from those to Stefan Diggs plus the uh, the little icing on top uh, on top of the cake I can get for those. I three. think that's really good advice. And there might be some fantasy owners out there that think this is his apex moment. You know, this is he's an older guy in their opinion. I'm going to get out now. I, I'm going to take a profit on digs and keep get, get you know get out on this guy. And I, I I'm in your corner on that one. Who'd you have to uh, to buy from the AFC? East? Yeah, this is a, a pretty much a buy low in my opinion, and there wasn't a ton to pick from. I went with Zach Moss. Uh, he was a player I was pretty high on just a year ago. Uh, I don't, he didn't do really anything in his rookie season to change my opinion, for better or worse. I don't think they're going to be in the running back market. Uh, I think the Bills are going to try to buy through the draft and free agency a big front seven piece, preferably a pass rusher, maybe a starting caliber offensive lineman, which would only help the offense, or and or a, a corner opposite Tre'Davious White. So. I've never been a Singletary fan. I liked Moss more as a prospect than I liked Singletary the year before. And I think you can get him at a pretty de- decent discount as my bet to be the Bills' top back next year. Yeah, I, I like the idea mainly because I agree with you. I, I certainly like Moss more than Singletary. And from the way they were used this past year, I, I think it's safe to say the Bills do as well. Yeah. Uh, in our latest ADP from DLF, he is RB36. That puts him 113 overall. Uh, he's behind David Johnson, behind Damian Harris, Kenyon Drake. So that's that's some of the company he's keeping there in that range. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. And I'm going to say right. that one of my new dynasty theories, and it's not super new or groundbreaking, is I just want running backs on their first contract, you know, that are that, that have a chance at playing time. He fits up Bill. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, that's kind of a narrative that has been growing in popularity. I would say over the past year, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people got stung by by Todd Gurley after he signed that big extension, and obviously he had a you know hopefully a unique circumstance with the the knee injuries and the issues that he's had. We're not going to see all running backs fall as quickly as he did, but. Yeah, I think it's that scary, makes sense. Though, yeah. Once they once they get that that big payday, um, it seems like a lot of running backs are trending down. Let's talk about sells very quickly from the AFC East. Uh, Matt, we we both mentioned before we started the show that we had a hard time finding a player to sell, and it's not because we want all all of the players in the AFC East. It's just because honestly, a, a lot of these guys just aren't worth that much. I think that's probably the case. With my guy, I know it is with yours. Uh, I'm looking at Devontae Parker here. He's had a nice couple of years after that that uh, late career breakout. It took him 
he, he wasn't one of those third-year breakout wide receivers that we hear about. It took him uh, six or seven years before he finally paid off. But he's had a nice past couple of seasons. But again, you you kind of we kind of talked about it with Miami earlier. They still have a lot of picks. They are still trying to build that team and. Uh, I don't think they look at Devontae Parker and think he's their long-term wide receiver one. In fact, I've heard the rumors that not only are they going to try to snag one of these uh, free agent wide receivers, but they would also use a day one or day two pick on a rookie wide receiver as well. So Parker could go from one to three on that depth chart really quickly. You're not going to get much for him. If you can get a second rounder, I would take that. Yeah, and to take it even a step further, if he does go to three, then he's fighting Gasecki, who I think is on the rise, and maybe Travis Etienne or Aaron Jones. You know, I mean, like, they might add a pass-catching back, and all of a sudden, Parker's the most mundane of the group. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Who are you selling here? This guy might even be a buy because he's so cheap. And that's John Brown. It's a player I've liked, Mm. but I really don't think the Bills, especially with the emergence of Gabriel Davis, who could be a buy in his own right, view Brown at all in their long-term plans, maybe not even in their short-term plans. Will another team, I mean, the Ravens moved on from kind of quickly just a couple years ago. Has has he crashed and burned? But you're not going to get anything for him. So this was just a tough division, to be very honest. I I couldn't come up with a good one. Yeah, you're right. I could could probably make a case either way, buy or sell on John Brown. Uh, And again, like you said, it's because we're not sure of his status. He... He has been rumored to be a a cap cut for the Bills. Um, And then you just hope that he lands in a good spot. But there's not too many more, too many spots better than Buffalo with Josh Allen and and that offense they have going. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Uh, Probably a good time to get out. But again, we're talking about a third rounder on his own, or maybe, you know, maybe you package with the third rounder, try to get up to a second. you know, we, we talk about buy low, buy low. Uh, this is almost a, a sell low. Get what, get what you can while you can. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're making a trade for a, a, an expensive wide receiver, you throw Brown in the mix to ease that pain for the other owner or something like that. But, I mean, the chances of him landing in a better spot, are they going to cut him and he ends up in Green Bay as the number two? Probably not. Yeah. Matt, when we come back, we'll move over to the NFC East and talk buys and sells. Yeah, uh, Bet Online is a major friend of the whole Locked On Network, and Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to, pro- to bet on all your sports action. They even have more than sports action, but football's over, but not for long. Uh, you can already do draft props and things like that too. But NBA, college hoops, NHL—they're all in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards and TV shows and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Uh, Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Um, better than even being free to sign up is if you go to the website or use your mobile device. It's just as easy, probably even easier. Uh, you sign up today and you re- and you get 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you use our promo code locked on all one word and all all caps, um, go there and you get 50% off as soon as you sign up. It's a great deal. So bet online your online sportsbook experts. All 
Betting on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hope it hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast, brought to you by BetOnline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Matt, let's talk about the NFC East. A few more interesting players here. Uh, of course, we're talking about the Washington football team, the New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of players from this division that dynasty managers should be looking at. Of course, the uh, the Dallas Cowboys are loaded with them, and and really the Eagles are too, despite how, how rough of a 2020 season they had. Uh, who are you buying from the NFC East? Yeah, this one's kind of throwing you up a softball here. C.D. Lamb, I mean, the Uh-oh. guy you love, obviously. And I think it's a little bit out of sight, out of mind. The numbers he put up from the, you know when Dak Prescott was in there were remarkable. I read today that he was the second most productive slot receiver in the league behind Cole Beasley this year. And it's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I like Gallup. I sort of like Cooper, but I think Lamb is just much better than both those players in what could be a great offense. I don't think Dak is going anywhere. Yeah, I don't either. This this is another buy-high situation, yeah. uh, a little bit different than Stefan Diggs due to the uh, due to the age, of course. Lamb is just still just 21 years old, uh, and, and ironically, I guess he's one spot ahead of Stefan Diggs in our DLF Dynasty ADP. Diggs is wide receiver seven. C.D. Lamb is wide receiver six. So again, he's not going to be cheap, but if you do get him on your roster, uh, he's one of those players you could hang on to for uh, five, six, seven years potentially uh, as, as a productive asset, hopefully as a fantasy starter throughout that time. So, Matt, when you look at those young players that uh, are, are at or near the top of the dynasty wide receiver rankings, of course, you're talking Lamb, his fellow rookie from last year, Justin Jefferson, who's also 21, and then the pair of Ole Miss uh, kids, DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown. How are you ranking those four Ooh. players right now? That's hard. <laughs> it's tough, That's right? That's hard. Right. I mean, you want as many of those those types of guys as you can get, really. Yeah, the two old guys, it's kind of putting that, being funny there, Brown and Metcalf, yeah. is they have some questions around them all of a sudden. You know, the quarterback in Seattle, that, that doesn't seem to be going away. Offensive system, supporting cast. Um, Jefferson versus Lamb. I think I have to go Jefferson just after that season, but I liked Lamb significantly more one year ago, you know, so... I don't want to pivot off that too much. I think I'd go right. Brown, Jefferson, Lamb, Metcalf, which I bet most people would have Metcalf first. Yeah, I think so. Although I, I think, I mean, I know I'm becoming uh, increasingly worried about uh, about the situation there in Seattle, which with that quarterback you wouldn't think you have to be. But, um, I mean, if we're to believe the rumors, maybe Russell Wilson is not even there, and even if he is – can he overcome uh, that offensive system? Yeah. Um, if you're a dynasty player that always slants towards younger uh, younger assets, especially at the receiver position, 
and um, and you do have, you know, you're considering these issues with Metcalf and with AJ Brown. Would it be crazy to have Justin Jefferson and CD Lamb as your top two dynasty wide receivers? Maybe I don't think that's, like that's conceivable. Right? Yeah, I don't think that's crazy. I mean, they have well refined games. They're in good situations. I think Lamb's stock is only going up. I'm not sure that Jefferson's stock can go up, but boy, he's good. And I think he's going to demand more away from Thielen than ever, you know? So uh, it's a pretty strong group. I mean, it's a pretty strong pairing. That would be... If if you could get one of those for Metcalf and a little something, or even straight up maybe, I think I'd just do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to stay at the wide receiver position for my buy from the NFC East. I'm looking at Terry McLaurin from the Washington football team. And honestly, I think the, I think the case is really simple here through his first two years, even though he did not come into the league like a CD lamb or some of these other players we're looking at. He, uh, he was more underrated, undervalued, uh, almost off the radar. We could say, uh, he, he was wide receiver 30 in his rookie season, wide receiver 20, last year and you know quite honestly just has not had a real quarterback yet through two seasons yeah so if we're if we're going to assume that washington can figure this out and get a quarterback whether it's through the draft through free agency maybe even via a trade it it just feels like the sky's the limit for terry mclaurin uh he's he's obviously the, the the top option in the passing game uh, on that team, I, I think they have to add some help for him there and, and for whoever their quarterback might be. Uh, but I think no matter who that is, he remains he remains the wide receiver one there. And I just see some room to grow uh, from both a production uh, point of view and from his ADP. He's wide receiver 14 right now in Dynasty ADP. I think he's a great player. Wide receiver 14 is too low. I have more and more faith that that organization might know what they're doing. You know, I mean, it, it seems like a lot, yeah. some stability there, you know, with the, the head coaching change from just a year ago. And heck, I mean, even if it's Heineke for the year or something, I think McLaurin will be just fine. Oh. I mean, I'm reaching. I mean, that's worst case scenario. It's <laughs> probably going to be better than that. If it's Heineke, maybe we just get another year of what we've had the past two years, which wouldn't be that bad. True. Matt, who are you, who are you selling from the NFC East? I, I'm going to get rid of Zeke Elliott, and I actually just traded him in a league. I, I got I don't have the deal in front of me, but I ended up getting uh, Irv Smith, 1-5, uh, Edwards, the receiver from the Raiders, and I think a future second for Zeke. And it's just back to that conversation of, I went backs on their first contract. He had some very down moments. I think a lot of people will look at Zeke and say, boy, this Cowboys offense is going to be awesome. It's going to go through him. And that might be true, but I think Pollard's presence is very real and doesn't help Elliott. And I think it's going to be Dak's offense more than it's going to be Elliott's offense. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, in a lot of ways, Zeke's dynasty value and, and really that of C.D. Lamb and so many others is tied to Dak Prescott. So so any any trade you're making involving those those players is a little bit risky and, and comes down to what you expect uh, the Cowboys and, and Dak Prescott to do. 
Um, mine is mine was a tough one. Again, I had a hard time finding a player to sell from from the NFC East, in part because so many of these guys I want on my roster. I want to to target them in trades, not to get rid of them. Uh, we've heard over the past couple of days some trade rumors involving Zach Ertz uh, that supposedly multiple teams are calling the Eagles, and, and maybe even by the time you're listening to this, maybe Zach Ertz has been traded. If he does get traded, I'm going to take that opportunity and, and follow the path that the Eagles uh, might be going down. I would also be trading Zach Ertz if we assume he lands in, in a good spot, a team that has a need at tight end. I'm ready to move on from him. Um, I think he, I think he's basically done. Um, and and any move that looks like a positive for Ertz, I would be taking advantage. Again, kind of like we talked about with John Brown, and even with, um, uh, even with Devontae Parker, mm-hmm. the the price is way down. You know, we we talked buying high with C.D. Lamb and Stephon Diggs. Now we're selling low with with Ertz and these other players. So. Probably the same price range as John Brown, a third rounder package with a, a pick or another player to maybe get a second rounder. You're not going to get a ton, but um, it, you might get nothing as in the current situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the ideal time is if he goes to the Colts, there'll be a little bit of buzz about him. Or I'm, I'm just picking a team out of, out of the air, but I mean, there's a lot of tight end team there's a lot of teams that he could go to and be penciled in right this minute as their number one um the Colts just came to mind because you know him and Wentz have a connection and they have cap money the second that happens I would move him for pretty much anything I can get yeah yep totally agree all right Matt those are the buys and sells from the NFC East when we come back we'll finish off with a little talk about JV and Hawkins Ooh, fun um, folks, I've told you a lot about rockauto.com. They too have been major can, uh, friends here with the Locked On Network. Um, maybe you work on your car for fun. You want to soup it up, make it look, you know, customize it. Or maybe you do it to save money. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe you're just good at it and you're not going to pay a mechanic. Well, rockauto.com is the way to go for that. I mean, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, you know, for the exact same parts at a chain store or a new car dealership. I mean, um, the, the, the prices at rockauto.com are the same for everybody. They don't change, you know, they don't change for professionals versus do-it-yourselfers or anything like that. Uh, they're reliably low. They always offer the, the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear. Uh, rockauto.com is also a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years now. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Uh, The rockauto.com catalog is unique and extremely easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Um, Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. So amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. The NFL games are over, but the work is just beginning. Join Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast every Tuesday as they start their Team Takeover Tuesday offseason series. Each week, they pick a new team, complete a roster review, free agent strategies, 
and go through a team-centric mock draft. That's every Tuesday over at Locked On NFL Draft. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. All right, Matt, we are continue, continuing with our rookie profile series, and we're digging deep here. We started, of course, with the players that are likely to be top three, top five first-round picks in your dynasty rookie drafts. We're, we're digging a little deeper here. We're down to Javian Hawkins, the uh, running back from University of Louisville. I got to see quite a bit of him uh, here as, as he played just down the road for me. He's a junior running back, declared early for the NFL draft. Um, just just five foot nine, 196 pounds. We'll definitely get back to that uh, very soon. Wasn't really involved. Um, didn't have any role really in, as a freshman, uh, but then broke out as a sophomore for Louisville. Um, or actually, I believe that was his redshirt freshman season. Uh, 264 carries, over 1,500 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about this as well. Caught just four passes that breakout season. And and then this past season, of course, COVID shortened. uh, So we we saw a drop in the numbers basically across the board, although he was a little bit more involved in the passing game for the Cardinals. So Hawkins is is quick, an elusive runner, uh, really, really a home run threat, can make – that play and, and can break a big play from anywhere on the field. Those are certainly the pros. I think uh, when he is drafted, that's that's why he's getting drafted. A team sees that that player that they can get the ball to and uh, break one tackle and be gone. You know that 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 home run play, of course, <laughs> does not work often. That's uh, if it did, it would be a lot more popular. So. <laughs> Uh, it's it's going to be a limited playing time issue for Hawkins. I think he's just part of a committee. And let's go back to that size, 5'9", 196 pounds. We talked about undersized wide receivers last, last week and how uh, it, it was basically something we hardly even consider anymore. I don't think we're at the same spot with running backs quite yet. I got to be honest, I don't know a lot about this prospect. I knew he was little. Um, I didn't realize his receiving production was that light, although it did pick up this past year and he didn't play a ton of games. So maybe that's promising. My hunch is, I'm I'm sure you've watched him much more than I do. Does he have high upside as a receiver? And my other question for you is just looking at it on paper at five, nine, one ninety six. The immediate thought is, boy, he's a little bugger, but five, nine at close to 200 pounds is pretty thick. Yeah, he he actually he does not look thick okay. at all. I don't Maybe think at least. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what happens when Louisville has their pro day. Of course, all these numbers again with no combine. We've talked about it, uh, and, and everybody has talked about it. That um, we'll we'll see what the numbers really bear out when, when we get the official word. I guess, but um, I I think that's something that fantasy players dynasty players fall for a lot is you see the you see an undersized running back and you automatically assume he's going to be a good pass catcher that's going to be his role but sometimes sometimes they're just not right, right. right? um and in hawkins case i don't i'm not going to say he's not a good pass catcher i just, i don't think we know enough again that that red shirt freshman season in 2019 
He had 264 attempts, and he only caught four passes. So part of that is certainly a, a, a system, a usage issue. Um, I don't I don't have his targets in front of me. That would certainly be interesting. I'm, uh, I'm going to have to look that up for sure because I think that would tell us even more of the story. Uh, but as you said, we, he did see an uptick in – uh, in his receiving work this past season caught 16 balls for 127 yards and scored once. So maybe there's, uh, maybe room to grow there. And, and, uh, certainly that would be a way to get him on the field. Yeah. Again, I'm interested to learn more. I mean, can he be an Eckler? It doesn't sound like it. I mean, at least from this profile, no, no, no that's no. asking an awful lot. Then that's as high in the sky as I think a player like this could go. Well, and I think I think a lot of times we go to Tariq Cohen or, or mm-hmm. players like that. Um, of course, this past year we saw J.D. McKissick with um, kind of that that career year. Um, I, I don't think we haven't seen any evidence that he can catch the ball like those guys. I mean, they're right. they're basically re- receivers with a, a running back tag. He's not James. I, White. I don't think that's going to be Hawkins. No, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, if he's if he's that little and he can't catch the ball, good luck getting on the field, right? Yeah, I mean, he's is he work done? I mean, that's a special player. I tend to doubt it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dynasty players must doubt it too. He is uh, a third rounder in our rookie mock drafts, both in one quarterback and in superflex. In fact, despite the format change, basically has the same value in both. In our one quarterback drafts, he was 34 overall, RB11, the 11th running back chosen. And in our super flex rookie drafts, he drops just one spot, 35 overall, uh, also RB11 there. In our one quarterback startup drafts, 214 overall. So we're uh, probably not quite dart throw territory, but getting (laughs) close. He is RB69. Some players he's being drafted around Mike Davis, Benny Snell, another rookie, Jarrett Patterson, and Boston Scott. So um, much deeper than those kind of primary backups. You think about Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison. We talked about Zach Moss earlier. Um, I don't know if it's fair to even call him a backup, but um, uh, Hawkins is not certainly not up to that range, even deeper than that. And that's kind of where he belongs until we see where he gets drafted. Almost certainly going to be a day three pick. So it just comes down to situation like it does with so many of these other rookie running backs. Yeah, and maybe he has a couple big games here and there or falls into a good spot. And there's a lot of, I mean, a guy like this, the more I think about it, he could be a preseason darling. You know, like he lands in a good spot you know those guys are great and boy all kinds of highlight film stuff from the the preseason if we have a preseason and then sell them yeah i like that path that does it for today's show please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcast remember to follow the show at locked on dynasty follow matt at williamson nfl and i'm ryan mc23 We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.